I don't need help. I'm not in an abusive relationship. This is just how it is for us. It's a lie we tell ourselves, one that many in abusive relationships repeat until they believe it. But there's hope. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship, a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence. This show is about hope. You will hear from survivors of abuse, and their stories may sound familiar. They may even inspire hope. Our goal is to connect with others in these toxic relationships to offer that hope, and with supporters of our mission, anyone willing to help get rid of abuse in our culture. We also talk with the experts in the field, from the officers on the front lines of domestic abuse calls to the therapists and advocates helping survivors navigate this complicated road of recovery. If you're in need of help, please visit our website or call our 24-7 hotline, 800-828-2023. And if this is an emergency and you need help immediately, please call 911. Welcome back to I'm Not In an Abusive Relationship. Uh, My name is Dan. I am one of the participants today on this episode because we have a party going on we are at our 100th episode of this show this is exciting if we had amazing if we had crowd noise it'd be you know uh, (laughs) see if it wasn't during a global pandemic we could have done this live in front of an audience that'd have been cool yeah uh but in any case so i am one of six participants today on this panel and i've brought together i've asked everyone to come together because we have uh, the story of our podcast that I kind of wanted to share tonight, today for this episode for a hundredth. So I am joined in no particular order here. I'm going to say I am joined by our current executive director, Krista DeBoer. Uh, She is with us. Hello, Krista. And then our, and then our former executive director, Rose Ludwig, who is, is not with DASIS anymore, but is one of the, the, the major forces behind this podcast. Rose. Hi again. And then we've got uh, one of our other hosts, Claudia Pauls. Hello, Claudia. Hello, Dan. So fun to be here. Our, our original host, and I've been fortunate to kind of step in from here and there to, to do some hosting as well, but you are our original voice. So thank you for being a part of this for so long. Oh, it's been great. Uh, and then I've got one of our uh, longtime featured guests uh, who has been in so many discussions and also is our director of advocacy services, Deborah Hackworth. Hello, Deb. Hello. Thanks for having me. And, uh, and who also was interim executive director. You wear a lot of hats at DASIS, so that's fun. Um, but always bring great information and, and conversations. And then finally, last but not least, uh, the former president of the board of directors and the other driving force behind my crazy idea of a podcast, Ned Halet. Hello, Ned. Welcome, everybody. So here we are on our 100th episode. Uh, is there anybody here who thought we would make it to a hundred raise your show of hands? <laughs> well, personally, I, I wasn't even sure of this, of the idea in the first place, but, but it, you, you certainly have proved me wrong. Well, on that note, Ned, when I, when you and I first met and we talked and I had this comment of let's, let's start a podcast. Like what was your reaction for our little organization? I wasn't even a member of the board yet. So let's do this thing. Well, it, it started out, you know, and and you explained who you who you were and, and your interest in the board and uh, how you wanted to. Um, you had this crazy thought about a podcast and, and how you came up with that idea, watching uh, somebody present uh, her experience at one of our events, and 
and I, you know, I'm, I'm older and I really don't do a lot of the podcast. You know, I don't know much about podcast arena. So I was, I was a little bit skeptical because, you know, we're not a big organization. We're not a metropolitan area. So we don't, you know, I wasn't real sure about the population, how, what kind of a, what kind of a, a range we would have. But um, in talking to you and going over some ideas, I think basically Rose and I sat across from each other and went, yeah, well, why not? Let's, let's give this a shot. Uh, see how it turns out, because because uh, you know if we can if we can reach one person or or how many, then then this will be a success. So uh, that's you know I was I was really uh, just it's not that I wasn't sure of it. It, it. I just didn't understand how it worked or how we could get that message out, and that has proven to be an amazing uh, turn of events. So. I'm really proud of you guys. I'm really proud of uh, DASIS as an organization, and I'm I'm really proud of, of uh, how this podcast has reached so many people. Yeah, thank you. It, and it, I have the the, the fortune <laughs> of maybe having that title of like the idea person, but in all honesty, this is a group effort. I am so grateful to have so many great people around us who, whether you you know they're y'all are officially part of the podcast committee. Some of those aren't on this call because just so many people, or it's just somebody who has an idea, you know, Ned, you often will send me an email. Hey, here's an idea. Here's somebody I heard, you know, this kind of thing like that. It's just, it's so such a blessing. Um, so there's that. So, so Rose, Ned mentioned that you two sat across from each other. Uh, when we started talking about this, you know, where, where were you at with it? What were your thoughts? Well, I thought it was great how enthusiastic you were about it. But in my experience at DASIS, I, I had met a lot of people who came with a personal agenda. You know, there were a lot of people that wanted, that had their own idea of how they wanted to serve and how they wanted to provide services for victims of domestic violence. And to be really honest with you, Dan, for a minute, for a fleeting moment, I thought you might be another one of those people who had this idea of how you wanted to serve victims. And I thought, well, okay. If this guy wants to do this, if he's going to do all the work, I'll let him do all the work. But if he's going to come along and give me more work to do, then I'm not so sure I'm on board. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> Makes sense. You know, but, but in all real reality, there had been people in, before you that had come along with, with ideas that had kind of dropped them in our laps and, you know, sort of just kind of left us hanging with what to do with that. Hmm. And you were, you, were, um, you were not one of those people. You know, you came with the idea, with the expertise, with the ideas behind it, with the know-how, and you brought that to the table, and um, you made that, you helped make this a huge success, and, um, you know, for for that conversation at that table that day, I'm not going to lie and say that I was 100% convinced <laughs> that it was going to be as successful as it, as it has been, um, just to piggyback on what Ned said. I believed that if we could reach one person, well, then we reached one person and that would be satisfactory because uh, that's what DASIS was all about. If we could change one life and every day, if we could just change one life, then that was enough. Then we were doing our work. We were doing our job. And so I thought, well, if we can reach one person, then we're doing our job. And so what could the harm be in it? And then it was just mind blowing what transpired 
and how quickly the numbers just climbed and climbed and the, and the people we were reaching and then the states we were reaching and then the countries we were reaching and the individuals who were calling and saying where they were from and how we were reaching them and how we were helping them and how we were helping them realize that they did not know they were in an abusive relationship, which was exactly what we were trying to say. And so um, my mind was blown and still is when I see the statistics as to what's happening with this podcast. And I hear about it all the time and I'm just ecstatic as to what's happening. And, I, and like you mentioned earlier, Dan, I'm no longer with DASIS. Um, DASIS is still in my heart. So I'm with DASIS in spirit. And um, so I'm always thrilled to hear what's happening and, and the individual's lives who are being changed by um, this podcast and every other action and work that's being um, done through the individuals who serve and work through and in DASIS. Yeah. Well, another, another thing that came up while she was talking about that, Rose and I had questions, you know, how do you do this? Well, Dan had answers. You know, this, this is what it's going to take. And I'm going to need, I, I'm going to need ideas. I'm also going to need, and I think this is the basis of, of a successful podcast. I need the board or a group of people to send this out to get this distributed so that we start to pick up those numbers. And without, without the board support and without the board emailing and Facebooking and all that sort of stuff, um, it, it could have died. But, but uh, with uh, you know, the way that went and the support it got, I think that was the, the, the prime uh, that got that pump started. So, uh, so we did, we did well there. Absolutely. Yeah. And with domestic violence touches so many areas of life, doesn't it? I mean, when you, when I see the topics that come across in the emails that I get, you know, it, there's just so many angles that you can look at it from. And there are so many ways that it impacts life and it impacts people. And I think that that's kind of what keeps it going is there's so many ways that um, people are impacted by it. And I, I think we don't necessarily realize that when we're just living our everyday lives and we're not in the throes of uh, domestic violence and sexual assault like you guys are that are um, giving your lives to it every day, who are working in it every day. And so I appreciate your dedication to that. Yeah, for sure. And just wait till you hear the stats. We'll get to that here in a little bit. I don't, I don't know if you, I don't, I don't remember where you were with our stats when we last had them, but wait till we talk about them here in a little bit. Um, so Ned, you introduced us to Claudia when I said, okay, we need somebody to host this. Like I'm, I'm happy to, but I kind of feel like maybe knowing the breakdown of survivors, typically, you know, women, should we have a host that doesn't sound like maybe what their abuser might have sounded like, or their assailant might've sounded like. So we wanted to go with a female host and you said, I, I know just a person. And <laughs> That's where Claudia came in. Claudia, what, what was your thought when we approached you? Um, other than I really, I'm in the same uh, uh, age range as Ned. So podcasting, my kids did podcasting or listened to lots of podcasting. But to really think about, do you want to host a podcast when honestly, I hadn't particularly listened to very many was a little bit intimidating. And then also, um, 
the topic itself. And I, I taught for years and years and I understood children and students who were dealing with abusive situations and, and had helped in several of those situations to help kids get a better life and, and come out of some of those situations, or at least have some tools to deal with some things that they were in the middle of. But as far as, you know, doing like hosting a podcast and I, I kept thinking, I don't know enough to do this. Um, I know a whole lot more now than I did before, not about podcasting and not necessarily about, about specifically helping with, with skilled help, but I have learned so much from these wonderful people at DASIS um, on how to help people survive and not just survive, but thrive after recovering and, and how to help bring their family uh, together or, or to bring their family out of an abusive situation. Um, it's just astounding to me the great work that DASIS does and, and the far-reaching effect that all of the work they do have on, has on so many people. And then also just, I mean, we are just in a tiny little rural area. And if we can have the kind of effect and help for people that we are having where we are, I, it's just astounding to me to realize how much is available to people if they just reach out. And then, you know, once they take that first step to be able to to go from victim to survivor. It's just astounding. Yeah. And, you, and you've done such a great job. I, I'm, you know, the, 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 the idea that you had no idea <laughs> and you had never <laughs> done this before um, makes it even more so uh, uh, that much more amazing. You know, when I go listen to your interviews with people or as I'm sitting there producing them, listening to them, like you, you have such a, a curiosity about you, such an empathy and a caring for what's going on. Um, I, I always enjoy listening to you in, in your okay. conversations so sometimes people call it nosy <laughs> I, I like your description much better <laughs> there you go but it's just I, I'm always eager to learn new things not necessarily some of the the emotionally draining situations that so many people find themselves in but we do always end our podcast with the messages of hope and of healing and of finding ways to to not just survive, but thrive in your future. So yeah, that's inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And on that note of, of the stories um, and how we offer that hope, uh, Deb or Krista in our current situation, our current makeup of, of DASIS, um, we hear a lot of those stories. People will call in uh, to our, our hotline or send us emails. I mean, if you don't mind, can you share a story of something that's happened over the last hundred episodes that really blew you away? Deb? Yeah, we've had um, quite a few. I think my favorite story, and we shared it here on the podcast a few times, but one of our advocates, she was our child advocate. Her name is um, Tori, um, our former child advocate. And we were doing a podcast on um, teen dating violence awareness month. And I looked across the table at her. I was like, Tori, do you mind sharing your story? And she was like, yeah, I can do that. And so in the next probably hour, she shared her story of surviving teen dating violence and just 
the um, what she went through and her process of healing. And it was very touching. I had heard bits and pieces of her story, but had never heard the full thing. So it was it was an emotional day hearing her story. When it aired, um, a few um, weeks or months later, whenever it aired, she was actually on shift at the shelter and she got a phone call. And it was a young lady who lived in Canada. And she said, I was, she said, I'm a teenager. Um, I was listening to your podcast. I was listening to Tori's story. And um, I, it made me realize that I'm in an abusive relationship and I would like to get help to get out. And wow. so, um, and so Tori um, let her know that she was actually the one that she was talking to, which that connection was just amazing. And Tori was able um, to help her find resources in her area to help her with healing. Um, because like you said, Claudia, we are all about um, help, hope, and healing. And so even though this young lady was not in our immediate service area where we would be able to provide her services, we were still able to reach out and find her help in her area. And so hopefully if this young lady is listening, I hope she has found the help and hope and healing that she was looking for. And it just, you know, um, it's, it's just wonderful to know that um, we can have that impact. And the very fact that she got a chance to speak to Tori herself you know, was amazing. That's one of my favorite podcast stories. That was yeah. divine intervention, I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's amazing. And when I when I heard that story the first time, and it still gives me goosebumps, but it gave me goosebumps. It choked me up. The, like you said, Debbie, the fact that she got to speak to the person who inspired her to call was just oh, so amazing. And for Tori to be able to have that feedback as well, like as the person, as a survivor telling it. Um, you know, Ned, you mentioned earlier that the person who inspired this entire thing um, spoke at an event. Her name is Michelle, and she was actually one of our survivor stories. So you can go back in our archives and find that. And she is one of the her episode is one of our top 10 episodes. So so thank you, Michelle, for that. Um, Krista, what, we have an episode coming up in our next episode, number 101, where we ask for help. Uh, here's how you can help us. But right now you know, on this episode in particular, what is one of our hopes out of our podcast in addition to offering that hope and help and healing? One of them is is an ask, right? What can listeners do to help support our efforts? Um, So I can say the one that might sound um, like the most obvious, but I think that Um, I kind of have two different thoughts, but the first one being um, with stories of domestic violence and sexual assault, something that I'm always really aware of is the fact that um, survivors that come to DASIS have probably had other experiences that may or may not have been positive. Um, And so something that I'm very aware of, and especially having the background of being a therapist is number one, believing the survivor. And for someone to just hear those words, I believe you, to me is such a huge, powerful moment. Um, 
because they might not have had that before, or they might not have had that kind, caring person um, say that to them. And so I think that's the very first thing is a lot of times we get uncomfortable in situations where we don't know what to say, um, or we feel like it's really overwhelming, but just to be able to say, I believe you, and to, to not have to worry about carrying that any further, just to say, I believe you, I'm here, you know, how can I help? So I think that's the first one. Um, and I think that's a really important one. I think the other thing um, that I, I, I'm so aware of listening to this podcast is having a safe place for survivors to share their stories. Um, to me, that's been really empowering just to, just to listen to the different stories, um, to the different experts, to the different uh, staff members that have um, come on the podcast. I think that... Um, being able to have that space to talk about things that sometimes get hidden. Um, to me, it just continues to just empower me as a person, um, as somebody that works for DASIS, but also just to like, as a survivor to have that empowerment piece, because I feel like the more that we can shine the light, the more that darkness has to flee. And the more that that voice isn't silenced, and so especially survivor voices not being silenced, I think is really huge. So I hope that that's something that we can continue to, hopefully everybody already has that message, but continue to carry forward. Um, and then I think the third thing is um, just making people aware that this is a real issue, that this isn't something that, um, you know, I don't know. I guess it's just something that it's so easy to just sweep under the rug and to ignore because it's uncomfortable. And, and so hopefully as we're, as people are listening, that they are feeling that a little bit uncomfortableness enough to spring to action. I think that would be another hope that it isn't just something that we just listen to, but it's something that we can continue to fight because at the end of the day, our goal is to end domestic and sex sexual, or sexual abuse in Southwest Michigan. And, and so we don't do that alone. We do that with other partners and we do it in community with other people. Mm. Absolutely. And I, and I think that, that um, we have such a wide voice now through this podcast. Um, I think maybe one, another thing we could do is, is ask people to investigate their local uh, domestic violence organizations and volunteer or, or donate or whatever, but, but to take that initiative um, to, to get out to those people, to, to look up those people, to find out what organizations uh, are in their area and what do they need? I think that's one of the things that our podcast can do nationwide and worldwide. Yeah, no, that's good. Cause we are, we're nationwide and worldwide. I mean, we are out there as you know, Deb, you mentioned a, a caller from Canada. Um, you know, I want to, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't give credit to uh, one of our big partners and supporters, uh, WBET and Sturgis for the first year mm -hmm. we recorded there in their studios just because they supported us. It was so incredibly generous during, you know, 2020 COVID-19 pandemic, we have done zoom more than anything. Um, but we still look forward to getting back to the studio. Um, you know, Ned, you connected us with Tom and Mike over at WBET. Um, just cause you're like, Hey, 
we could, they have recording equipment. Let's do it. It's, it's like radio, but on the internet. Um, so that was incredible. So thank you to WBET for that. What's one of the, you know, and anybody, feel, please feel free to chime in. What's one of your favorite kind of takeaways from this experience at this point? It amazed, it shouldn't amaze me, but I have spent my working life working with lots of gifted and intelligent and wonderful adults and, and students and children and all kinds of folks. But, and I never, I never doubted the caring and the ability and all of this of all of the folks, the therapists, the, the leaders, everyone at DASIS, but the just astounding intelligence and preparedness and um, well, of course they all have college degrees and they've studied and they know what they're doing, but it's so beyond that. All of the folks that I've had the privilege of, of talking with, they are so learned and they are so good at what they do and so very helpful to, to all of the, the clients, the victims, the survivors. It's just amazing to me. So it's not just, well, I like helping people and, I, and I'm kind. It, it's so beyond all of that. They're so highly intelligent and prepared and so very good at what they do. So if you are listening to this and it's, it's a first time or you, it's maybe not a first time and you thought, well, I shouldn't call. I don't know what I'm doing. Please give them, give them a chance. I cannot tell, I cannot praise them enough. Every single um, employee of DASIS is absolutely outstanding. Amen to that. Rose, what is, what is your, been your, you know, you've been away from the podcast a little bit, but in the first 50 episodes, um, and then as a listener now, what's been one of your biggest takeaways from seeing this little organization based in Southwest Michigan, take the world stage? Well, you know, I always was working on the administrative side of things. And so, you know, I always told the girls when I worked there that, I was always in awe of what they did. And I still stand in awe of what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always, I was always at a loss for what to, what to say and what to know what to say to them for how they handled victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. Because, you know, I, I was not a frontline worker. I was always a behind the scenes girl. I, I, you know, I, did the, I was the paper pusher. I was the paper Nazi. You know, I was the one that came after them for their reports and, and that kind of stuff. And so I was always, I always stood in awe of what they did and how they helped people and how they helped victims and how they changed lives. And I still stand in awe of that today. And so um, I know it takes a lot out of them. You know, I saw, I saw a lot of days of um, tears behind closed doors. I saw a lot of days when individuals would be told by their supervisors, you should just go home for the rest of the day. And then, and, and the advocate would say, no, I've got more to do. And they wouldn't go home. And so, um, you know, uh, I still, I, you know, it takes, it takes a very special person to do what they do. They don't, they don't get to go home, clock out and go home at the end of the day and leave it behind because they just don't do that. Mm. Um, I happen to have a sister that works for the agency and 
you know, she can't share a lot with me because there's confidentiality things surrounding her job, but she knows that I know a lot of what the ins and outs of it are, you know, and she, you know, there is no end of the day for them because they worry about those, those individuals who are victimized and what's going to happen to them. Because when their day ends and they get to go home to their healthy families, those individuals don't. And so um, they take that to bed with them at night. And so, you know, and I, I was a witness to that. So yeah. um, even though I didn't provide those direct services, I knew the individuals who did. And so I applaud them for that. Yeah, indeed. Um, a couple of times we've mentioned, you know, that we're worldwide, that we've reached a large audience uh, for our hundredth episode. Uh, you want to, you want to hear an update on, on how our stats are doing, what, what podcast Ooh. stats look like? Yes, absolutely. So listeners, uh, just so you are aware, when you look at the industry standards of podcasting, it's not like everybody is a, you know, Joe Rogan or NPR, wait, wait, don't tell me kind of a thing. We're not all million download podcasts. Um, what the industry standards say is that your average podcast, like us, racks up 141 downloads in the first 30 days. It's also said that if you have 123 downloads in the first 30, 30 days, you're in the top 50% of podcasting. Okay. So it doesn't take a lot to get there. Um, right now in 2021, we are in our first 30 days, we average 500 downloads per episode. So that's pretty awesome. We have topped 77,700 downloads total for wow. our 99 episodes so far before the rec this recording, uh, which means 700 downloads, yep. Wow. Which averages at 99 episodes, averages to 785 downloads per episode total. Wow. So we're almost at 1,000. I think it's amazing. Um, we are in 103 countries. We are in every, we are listened to, heard in every single state of our nation, including some of our, you know, like territories and, and DC and that kind of stuff, but every single state. Um, it's interesting, our, at least to me anyway, our, not, the US is number one with 53,600 downloads, and then the UK, and then Canada and Australia. What's kind of, kind of cool though, you think about your stereotypical, like patriarchal uh, countries where maybe domestic violence isn't talked about. Maybe it's just part of their culture. I mean, that's, I, I hate to say that that sounds really bad about their culture. They respect those cultures, but stereotypically we would think that like, you don't talk about it because this is just how marriage is um, places like maybe Saudi Arabia or Iraq or somewhere in the middle East where women are, you know, second-class citizens. We're listened to in a lot of those countries all across Southern Asia uh, into the Middle East, into the African continent. We, we are everywhere. It is, there is not a continent that we're not on at this point. It's incredible. All out of, you know, Three Rivers, Michigan. Um, just, just amazing. So yeah. And then our, our episodes, you know, we're, we're getting per month around 6,000 downloads per month. We've trended upward to that, which is pretty cool. And then our top episodes, um, our number one episode for downloads is what is domestic violence? So when people go to our podcasting or they find us somewhere, they're asking that question and they're finding that episode and they're listening, which I think is awesome. Uh, and then our, a couple other ones in that top 10, how to protect yourself from emotional predators, an interview that we did with an author. Um, there are a couple of survivor stories, Tara's story, 
who's a, a volunteer with us and is amazing. Michelle, who prompted this entire thing, um, how to have rela- healthy relationships, uh, and then some like red flag questions, questions, you know, <clears throat> do domestic violence abusers uh, have red flags and why do victims go back or stay? So questions people are asking, we're answering them with our, our show and they're very popular episodes. So, so that's some of the numbers. Um, the stories behind them mean more to me, but those are some pretty cool numbers. So, well, we've had our hundredth episode. This has been a great conversation. Thank you. Each, each of you, what, Final thoughts. Does anybody have, uh, of course we're recording on video. So raise your hand and I'll call on you. I don't know. Um, what final thoughts do you want people to walk away with from our, our podcast? Oh, Deb, go ahead. Well, um, in listening to our podcast, you know, as always, I'm hopeful that people will find the help that they're looking for and hope for healing. Um, My thought is that um, we may not change the world, but if we reach one person, we've changed their world. Mm -hmm. And that will be a ripple effect of of changing their lives. I know um, if you feel like you wanna help someone, the most important thing you can do is listen listen and let that person know that you're there for them and you will continue to be there for them. I, it is so hard to stay in it for the long run with the survivor. Our stats say that it takes between um, seven and 11 times for someone to try to leave an abusive relationship before the Stay close, stay constant, keep checking uh, when it's safe to do so and find out what resources are available in your area and um, and point um, your loved ones to those resources. And if you can't find resources in your area, there's the national hotline that you can call, but you're always welcome to call DASIS hotline. And that number is 800-828-2023. There's always a trained advocate who will answer that call and be able to um, help you. So well said. Absolutely. And if you're listening and you're thinking, man, I really want to support these efforts. We definitely welcome that, whether it's volunteers or if you're local, um, financial, that we have a wish list, all of that you can find. There's even a link to the, an Amazon wish list where you can just buy stuff and send it to us. Um, and you can find all that at our website, dasismi.org slash donate. You can make a donation there. You can find the wish list. You can find out how to, how to serve with us as well. Um, so there's that. Listen, I can't thank each one of you enough. You've played an integral, integral part in this journey. I am extremely proud to be a small part of it. And, uh, and those who weren't, you know, again, we can't have 10 people on this call necessarily. <laughs> and be a lot, but the rest of the committee, uh, the board of directors, everyone who supports us, we appreciate you so much. Um, All of them and all of you listening, continue to share, share, share our podcast, put it, you know, in your Instagram story, throw it up on Facebook, uh, email it to somebody, just tell somebody about it. We really appreciate that. So um, thank you everybody for being a part of our hundredth episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. 
Thank you for listening to I'm Not In an Abusive Relationship. If these stories resonate with you and you need help, please visit our website, dasasmi.org. That's dasasmi.org. Or call our hotline at 800-828-2023. We are here to walk alongside you. Now, if you know someone who might benefit from our show, please share it. Social media, email, simply telling someone about it, all help us spread the word and help us to combat domestic and sexual violence. We also welcome financial and volunteer support. That information is on our website. Thank you to the staff, volunteers, and board of directors at Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services. This podcast is produced with the help of a committee of dedicated advocates. Thank you to WBET Radio in Sturgis, Michigan for the use of their studio. This has been a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence and a production of Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services of Michigan.